You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For all things, for all things KC, for everything Chiefs. It's always, it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Kinnear and Nick Schwartz. Congratulations, by the way. You, on what? On being back on Twitter. Oh, and thank you. A rough stretch for you. <laughs> I did not realize how much news I get from Twitter. I truly had no idea what was going on. Instagram doesn't really do it news-wise. I mean, you get the the big things, um, but it's mostly pictures. And I consume <laughs> all of my news through Twitter. What? That was such a beautiful description of Instagram. It's mostly pictures. It definitely is mostly pictures. <laughs> And Twitter, that's the thing, is Instagram's for cool the cool kids. And Twitter is for the people that just like want information and the news. And the people <laughs> who are on Twitter think that Instagram is just so vapid and it's all about showing yourself off. And the people on Instagram think that Twitter's for nerds. So it's it's good to have a little bit of both. That way you can live a balanced life. Balanced, but was not equipped with the info I needed. Yeah. <laughs> if you're on Instagram waiting for news to break, you're usually about like 10, 15 minutes behind Twitter. I was just spending the la- like hours last night, just scrolling and catching up. Feels and good to this, be back. And this is the time of year when you need to be on Twitter because there's so much news happening. Do you, or by Nick, the way, do you, do you love, like, do you like the off season or are you more of like, just let me know when everybody's signed and then. I, I like the off season. I do. Um, football is crazy. NBA is crazier, but yes, off season football NFL is it's a time. I mean, we're going to get all into it, but what do you prefer? No, I mean, I prefer the season, but I do love, I'm somebody I do kind of geek out. I like the idea of, you know, every team at this point in the season or at this point in the calendar can convince themselves that like, hey, we're just a few shrewd moves away from really getting back into the mix next year. And for the Chiefs, it's a little bit different. It's like, how can we maintain our edge? What can we do to build upon this? So even if you're at the top, there's still a lot of pressure to perform this time of year and make sure you don't hand out a bad contract that's going to keep you from staying competitive. So it's a fun time of year. I it moves so quickly too. like the new year started on Monday morning. And I mean, we're already at about 50% of the top free agents. Like if you were to pool them into the top 100 free agents, it takes about 36 hours and half of them have already signed somewhere. So it moves very quickly. It does. And just one more thing to add to that. It actually gives me a lot of anxiety. If I'm being honest, I don't <laughs> like change, especially after just coming off a Super Bowl win. You're like, why change what's working? Um, so all of the moving pieces, it, it actually kind of stresses me out. 
Okay, so uh, should we go ahead and get into those moving pieces? Because yes, we, yes, we should. Speaking of, the Chiefs sign tackle Juwan Taylor to a four-year, $80 million contract. He is 25 years old and spent his first four seasons in Jacksonville, Jacksonville, where he primarily played right tackle. Uh, James Palmer of NFL Network says he believes the Chiefs' plan is to move Taylor to left tackle. Nick, what are our thoughts on this? A little bit of a surprise because that was not a name that I think a lot of people had circled, but it's important to note that when we're talking about tackles, unless you're one of the premier players, these guys are not household names to the average fan. So like Juwan Taylor, when I heard the Chiefs handed him an $80 million contract, I thought to myself, wait a minute, have was I supposed to know who this was? And then immediately, this is why Twitter's great, because all the people who watch film and are watching the all 22 and they know exactly who's playing well for which team start to say, okay, well, this guy was a right tackle for the Jags for the last four years. He is 25 years old. He is young and he was pretty damn sharp on the right side of that line. But I think the big thing for a lot of fans is you just look at that number. You saw four years for $80 million. So even if you don't know anything about this guy, you see that the chiefs are investing a significant amount of money into this guy who only played right tackle in Jacksonville. Think about it like this, Kayla, four years, $80 million, $62 million guaranteed, or $60 million guaranteed. That would be effectively the second or third biggest contract that Brett Veach has handed out since he's been the GM. Whoa. So Mahomes, obviously half a billion dollars. Right. But that $60 million guaranteed that's about the comfort level that Veach doesn't go beyond. When you look at Chris Jones's contract, when you look at Frank Clark's contract, oh. that seems to be uh, the, the sweet spot for where he's not really comfortable going over. But you heard the names I just mentioned. That is how Taylor just got paid from the Chiefs. It is effectively a three-year deal they can get out after three years. But paying a guy $20 million is nothing to scoff at, especially when you consider that he played almost exclusively at right tackle. So the big question that remains, and we don't have a definitive answer, and we might not until we hear Andy Reid or Brett Veach speak publicly about this signing, is are you bringing this guy to play right tackle, which would make him basically the most expensive right tackle in the NFL, or is this someone you are going to take in much like you did with Orlando Brown Jr. and move from right tackle to left tackle. That's what James Palmer of NFL Network hinted at on Twitter after the signing. But that would be, I mean, it's a risk either way. It's a risk if you keep him at right tackle because at that point you need him to be one of the best right tackles in the NFL. It's also a risk if you're asking him to move positions. I believe he's he played 17 snaps at left tackle. So he doesn't have the experience. This is why these guys get paid the big bucks. But either way, you're either getting a bargain at left tackle, albeit somebody who hasn't played much left tackle, or you're making him the highest paid right tackle in the NFL. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, Nick, to build on that, 
from one tackle to another, Aaron Wilson of KPRC in Houston is reporting that the Chiefs are still interested in trading for Laramie Tunsil, even after this Taylor signing. Um, said more than rumors, the two sides have spoken, and he hinted that the Chiefs may not actually plan on moving Taylor to left tackle. Riddle me this. So Laramie Tunsil would be a splashy acquisition. If there ever is a splashy signing or a splashy trade on the offensive line, Laramie Tunsil would be that because at his age, you could call him one of the top two left tackle, top, top three left tackles. I mean, you're talking about Trent Williams for San Francisco, David Bakhtiari for Green Bay, and Laramie Tunsil. He's the Texans' best player. He is their only pro bowler. And if that's somebody that they're trading, it's because he probably wants to be the highest paid left tackle in the NFL. You're talking about paying a guy $24, $25 million. That would be the ballsiest off-season game plan that Brett Beach <laughs> has ever had as GM. <clears throat> we always think about the wide receivers and like tight ends, running backs, like the skill players, the guys who score touchdowns, the right. guys who do celebrations. Those are the big acquisitions. Those are the guys that always make our eyes light up. If if the Chiefs went out and paid Juwan Taylor to be the highest paid right tackle, if you trade for Laramie Tunsil, first off, you're probably giving up a first round pick next year. You're probably giving up your 2024 first round pick. And you're going to make him the highest paid left tackle in the NFL. That is signaling to the rest of the NFL, we don't care who Patrick Mahomes is throwing to but we know you're not going to touch him. At least for the next two years, while we pay these guys, you're not laying a finger on Patrick Mahomes. We may not have any Pro Bowl wide receivers out there that he's throwing. <laughs> because if you did that, I'm not sure you can afford <clears throat> Smith-Schuster. No. Yeah, so I think that's... You might be able to find a way to make it work. Veach has done some interesting things. If you paid Juwan Taylor, Laramie Tunsil, and Juju, that is a lot of money that you're handing out in one offseason. Now, the way these contracts are structured, like Juwan Taylor's not making, you know, it's a $20 million average over the course of his contract, but this year his cap hit is minimal. They always backload these deals, so you could probably move some money around. I can't imagine the Chiefs would go out, sign Juwan Taylor, trade for Larry Tunsil, and re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster. Because you're talking about Juju maybe making, you know, $15, $16 million annually, Laramie Tunsil making probably around 24, 23, $24 million annually. Jawan Taylor's making 20. That's too much money. That's too much money to go around. So the question you have to ask yourself is, do you want to see the Chiefs invest at the skill position, or would you be interested in seeing them go all in on the offensive line? <clears throat> that is a tough one. <laughs> Let me just say this. I know you have... I know you have an affinity for Juju. I do. He's my Juju boy. is not a top 15 wide receiver in the NFL. Right? You don't he, think? I don't. Here's what I think about Juju. I think he's very... I think he is worth more to the Chiefs than he is to other teams around the league. Right? Because he fits a specific role. The Chiefs know how to use him. He takes pressure off Travis Kelsey. Laramie Tunsil is a top three player at his position, and it's a really, really, really important position. There's a reason why Orlando Brown Jr. has been a much-discussed player in Kansas City, because he's at left tackle. He is protecting Patrick Mahomes' blindside. Your 
or your $500 million quarterback. If you went out and got Laramie Tunsil, that's just, okay, never think about it again. Never worry about it again. Never talk about it again. He's that good. So you may not notice it in terms of watching this offense operate differently, but it's one of those things you're just never going to have to worry about. We're never going to talk about, oh, the offensive line failed the Chiefs. Mahomes was running for his life all day. He had to scramble so much. Because say what you will about Mahomes and his scrambling ability in this offensive line's play. Not that Mahomes has had to miss significant time, but the instances in which he's gotten banged up, whether it was the knee injury, an ankle injury, the head injury against mm -hmm. uh, or the, whatever you want to call it against the Browns in the playoffs a couple of years ago. All of those are when he's scrambling. All of those are when he's trying to evade pressure. If you got Juwan Taylor on the right side and Laramie Tunsil on the left side with Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, and Trey Smith, Kayla, that is not one of. That's the best offensive line in football. And I don't know that it matters who you're throwing to if you've got those five guys protecting your quarterback. Okay, Nick, I think you've convinced me. Also, did Juju move to Japan? Is he ever coming back? Yeah, um, what's going on, Juju? We need you back <laughs> stateside so we can figure out what's going to happen here with your contract, bud. I feel like he's been over there for a bit. I cannot hear the name Laramie Tunsil without picturing the gas mask bong. It will forever be burning my memory. That's just always what I think of when I hear that name. And good for him. And good for him for overcoming <laughs> that. I mean, if I would have told you on draft night, hey, this guy, give it give it six or seven years, he's going to be the best player at his position, and he's going to be making $25 million. You would have said, I don't know, man. This guy doesn't seem to be a good decision maker, not someone I'm certainly going to invest in long term. And here he is, humming along, best at what he does. And now all of a sudden, the Texans, who need a lot of help, are probably looking at him and saying, yeah, you're really good, but we got a disaster of a roster over here. We got holes to plug, and we need to get as much as we can right now. We don't really need a $25 million left tackle when we don't even have a quarterback right now. So I don't know if they'll end up dealing him. And you got you to gotta think, too. Like, this whole report came from a reporter who, Aaron Wilson, is a credible reporter. He is based out of Houston. And this is why we love this time of year, Kayla, because if you're based out of Houston, you could probably guess what type of people may be feeding him this sort of information. And if I'm the Texans and I've got this really valuable commodity, it might behoove me to have a little bidding <laughs> war going on. I want everyone who might be interested in him because a lot of teams want to have a star left tackle, right? If you're in a position to pay that guy, that's the type of commodity that you want. If I'm the Texans, I want a lot of people to be interested. What better way to do that than act like the defending Super Bowl champs may be discussing a trade for him? So there could be smoke there, or this could be a lot of posturing, which happens all the time. Teams are leaking information. Teams are feeding information just to make other teams think something's going on that might not actually be going on. I can tell you, half a dozen guys over the last three years, wide receivers that the Chiefs have been linked to that never ended up signing with them. Because you know the second you link the Chiefs to a player, everyone else around the league is going to start paying attention. So true. Also, behoove is not used enough in the day-to-day -day language. Conversation. Day-to-day -day conversation. We do need to mix that in a little more often. I agree. Yeah. 
Well, so yeah, sum up everything you just said. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. And Brett Veach, we trust. Moving right along, and speaking of Juju and wide receivers, we've seen a few notable wide receiver contracts handed out. The Raiders signed Jacoby Myers for three years, $33 million. The Jets signed Alan Lazard for four years, $44 million. Nick, does this give us any indication as to what Juju will fetch on the open market? It's kind of hard to tell because I think Juju, no matter what you think of those guys, Juju is ahead of them. Juju is the number one wide receiver on the open market, but he's very different. I think Juju is more similar to Lazard than he is Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers is a little bit smaller, a little bit uh, more of a traditional slot receiver where you've got Juju as your traditional possession receiver. He's going to go across the middle. You saw the way the Chiefs used him last year. In a way, using him like a tight end to take pressure off Travis Kelsey, where he's going to come inside. He's going to find those soft spots in the zone. He's going to turn around, get yards after the catch. He's very useful to the Chiefs. The question for me is, do other teams look at what Juju did this year and say, wow, I would love to have a player like that in our offense? Or do they look at him and say, that's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes making him look like the best version of himself? Honestly, if you're a Chiefs fan, you would rather it be the latter. You would rather yeah. other teams look at it and say, oh, he's not that good. He's just a product of the Chiefs system. Because at that point, it probably drives the price down a little bit. I don't know what he's worth on the open market. A lot of numbers have been tossed out. The number that most commonly was thrown around was you know, $15 million a year, which is significantly more than either Lazard or Jacoby Myers got from the Raiders or the Jets. But he's worth more. He's younger. The only question is the injuries. Our team's going to be scared off because of the injuries as well. And you, you, you brought this up last week, like the idea that Juju would want to take maybe slightly less money to stay in Kansas City where you know your role, you know your quarterback, you know your OC, you just won a Super Bowl, you're marketable, you're going to be on national television as much as any other team in the country. There's a lot of benefits outside of your actual salary to mm -hmm. playing in Kansas City. And Juju is someone who has shown in his career that he is willing to take less money to be in a situation that he prefers to be in. So maybe this will be different because this will be probably the biggest contract of his career to date, the first long-term big money deal in his career. So a lot of guys view this as an opportunity to say, I may take discounts later in my career, but right now I need to maximize my earning potential. I'm going to take as much money as I possibly can. Who knows where he lands? But it is interesting to see these contracts thrown out there because the floor right now, or the ceiling, I should say, the ceiling right now seems to be at about $11 million, which is a little bit lower than I thought, given how bad the market is. We've talked all year. This is a horrible wide receiver market. I wondered if that would drive the price up because teams are desperate and saying, you know what? I guess we'll overpay. That's what we saw last year. That's how Christian Kirk ended up getting $20 million a year from the Jaguars. So far this year, that hasn't been the case. I think that's a positive sign for the Chiefs. What... What do you think is the highest the Chiefs would pay him? Hmm. If we re-sign him. I, I could see them going up. I mean, I think this is higher than a lot of people would answer. But personally, I, it wouldn't shock me to see them hand out like uh, a three-year, $52 million deal. 
which would okay. pay you. I mean, what does that math come out to be? Um, You're asking the wrong person. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm asking you. I don't know why I'm asking myself because I'm so bad. I'll pull out my calculator while you laugh. You said 53 uh, million? 52 divided by three. That's about 17 oh. million a year. So that's on the high end. But here's the thing. Most of these deals, like if you look at the Jacoby Myers deal, it's three for 33 million, 22 million guaranteed. So it's effectively a two-year deal for $22 million. Alan Lazard's exact same thing. Four years for 44, $22 million guaranteed. So that's always the number that I look at. I know it's easy to look at the how much are you making per year, but that's not how it actually works. It's what are you guaranteed to get? What do you know no matter what, when you sign your name on that piece of paper, you are going to get from that team that just signed you to a contract? I think Juju is worth more than $22 million. It wouldn't shock me to see him get like $30 million guaranteed or $34 million guaranteed because the Chiefs are chasing Super Bowls. And yeah. even though you may have leverage because the market may not be as robust as you think it is, the, at the end of the day, you want to continue competing for Super Bowls. You have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. There is pressure on the organization to do something, to keep talent on this offense. And I don't see many other options out there unless you're someone who's interested in signing Odell Beckham Jr., who might be just as expensive, if not more, than Juju is. There were reports earlier this week that he may want 15 to $20 million a year. You want to talk about a guy with injury concerns? I, I get it. Odell, when healthy, has looked really good. He looked really good for the Rams in 2021, but that was 2021. He didn't play last year. And reports were when he was trying to come back halfway through the season, he wasn't healthy enough to play this year. He did a workout. Only about six teams showed up. That's not a great sign for what the league seems to think of him. So you don't have many yeah. options outside of Juju unless you love one of these receivers in the draft. And again, you loved Sky more last year. He didn't contribute all that much throughout the season. You need someone who can give you four months of football, Juju just showed you he can do that. So he does have a little bit of leverage in this situation, maybe to the point where he could get more money out of the Chiefs than a lot of people are anticipating. Please resign Juju. <laughs> Speaking of, though, the Raiders and Jets, are we kind of giving these two teams a little side eye? They're making some moves. Okay, well, let's think about the Jets first. The Jets were one of the surprise teams in the NFL last year, despite the fact that their quarterback situation was in shambles all year long. They had the best defensive rookie in the NFL in Sauce Gardner. They drafted Garrett Wilson, who was a stud receiver from day one. Their defense came alive. They had a lot of things working out. That's a good position to be in as a franchise. When you take a big step with a young nucleus, a young, talented roster, and this year, they seem to be decided to sell the farm for a, what, 39-year-old quarterback who's coming off the worst season of his career. The Jets are doing all of this, by the way. They're not signing Alan Lazard unless they think it's going to net them Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. They hired Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. <laughs> Tell me, Kayla, what happened to the last team? that hired Nathaniel Hackett solely because they thought it was going to get them Aaron Rodgers. Tell me how that went. Well, it didn't go well for the Denver Broncos this past season, Nick. What are they doing? What are the Jets <laughs> doing? Are you not paying attention here? Listen, it may end up working out, and then I'll eat crow. That's fine. 
But on, on the surface, this seems like a team that is desperate and making a bunch of moves that sound nice and flashy, but have no substance. And that is the most New York Jets thing ever. Which brings me to the Las Vegas Raiders, the Jets of the West, right? So we're not worried. We're not worried about the Jets. Hell no. Hell no. I mean, Aaron Rodgers could conceivably be better in New York than he was last year. Like, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been to a Super Bowl in 13 years. But we think that all of a sudden, if he goes to the New York Jets, where you have to play the Dolphins and the Bills and Bill Belichick twice a year, that all of a sudden that's going to be the magic pixie dust that's going to get him back over the hump. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not buying it with the Jets at all. I'm not buying it with the Jets at all. Like they already had a good roster. They, they already had a competitive roster last year. And now you're just making a bunch of moves that reek of desperation. Are you buying it with the Raiders? I mean, are there any quarterbacks? <laughs> are there any quarterbacks who are closer in skill level in the NFL than Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, if I were, if we were ranking all the starting quarterbacks one through thirty-two, I think Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo would probably be like fifteen and sixteen. They're right in the middle. They're not terrible, but they're not quite good enough to make you feel like your team has a legitimate shot. Like their window. I, I said this yesterday. The Raiders' window with Jimmy Garoppolo of worst-case scenario to best-case scenario is identical to what it was under Derek Carr. Worst-case scenario, you're going to win like six games. Best-case scenario, you're going to win 10 games. You'll be the sixth seed in the AFC, which means you are not in like that upper echelon of teams that's actually competing for a conference championship or a Super Bowl run. So... It's a nice, like, you may be moderately better with Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Myers, but I, I, it's not exactly instilling fear into the eyes of their opponents. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite there yet with the Raiders. Okay, so we're not buying into either. Good are you? Am I, I mean, are you on a, on a different wavelength than I? Well, I'm just catching up on my Twitter news. So um, that's really all I've seen. Okay. Well, those are, I mean, those are, yeah, those are the two big <laughs> those ones. Those seem to be like the biggest moves that are happening among teams. Um, no, again, I, I have all the faith in our organization. So I know we're in good hands and I'm going to try not to panic. Typically, you don't get over the hump by like one or two big, if that's, if there's anything that we learned from last off season, I was just going to say if last off season didn't teach us anything, then it's one thing to go out and make really shrewd moves and bolster your offensive line, bolster your defensive line. But that is typically for teams that are bottom feeding. You don't go out and all of a sudden become a contender by making a couple splashy acquisitions you do it by building a complete roster. Mm-hmm. And we saw last year with the, with the Chargers going after Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson and the Raiders going out and getting Devontae Adams and signing Max Crosby and Derek Carr to massive extensions, the Broncos going out and trading for Russell Wilson. Though Those didn't tangibly change any of those teams for the better, and in most cases they made them worse but it seems like NFL teams will not learn their lesson and we'll just kind of keep going back to this idea that we just need to add two guys and then all of a sudden we'll be competitive. It's not how it works. I'm with you. And luckily, we're probably going to have more to come. So stay tuned for that. 
before we close out, Nick, um, both of our, our teams are in the NCAA tournament. I was really hoping we'd be in the same region. I would have loved to face KU. Maybe we will still get there. Who knows? You sure about that? You sure <laughs> this, you this team's going to go farther. Are you sure you would have loved for Mizzou to face Kansas in the NCAA tournament? Yes. Hmm. This is what college fans live for. Don't you want to advance? Don't you want to go far in the tournament? Listen, I don't have it up right now, but I made a list of KU's <laughs> NCAA runs since like 2015 or something, 14, uh -huh. 10, maybe. Uh -huh. You guys choke aside from last season. Okay. It just <laughs> either you know whether what? it's the Elite Eight, the Sweet 16, the second round. I don't know how many second rounds we got knocked out. Um hmm. and and uh and what about the I say this yeah. as someone who doesn't go to the tournament often. Yeah, and what about the final four runs in the national championships? How many of those do we have? Well, Can I only you... went back so many years. Um you know what, Kayla? why don't you just worry about Utah State? Because the Aggies are a fiery bunch this year. I think you got your handful with uh, this first round matchup. So why don't you get past the Aggies? And then once you guys make it to the second round, we can start the trash talking. Dennis Gates, just your head coach. You just got a contract extension. That's great news. I'm happy for you guys. I'm happy for you guys. But you got a few roadblocks and a few maybe benchmarks to check before you start trash talking with the winningest college basketball program of all time. Okay. Okay. Cool. It who won the big 12. <laughs> um, well, what, what, do you have anything to say about that? Well, we won the big 12 regular season. Mm. We didn't do great in the big 12 tournament. No, 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 not so much. Um, okay. Well, game on. Game on. Some, I some are calling us a Cinderella team. Do you love this weekend? Great, but <laughs> Do you love this weekend? Do you love the first weekend of the NCAA tournament? I love it. Always have, always will. Do you? Oh, yeah. It's not to love. No, yeah, I love it. I love it. It's uh, it's probably my favorite weekend of the sports calendar. I feel, pretty, I feel pretty strong about that. It's just, it's so much fun. Whose team do we think will go farther? I'm actually curious. I mean, come on. <laughs> Why are we? I, I mean, let's make a bet. Okay. Um, I mean, I feel pretty good about that. My team's a one seed. So <laughs> yours is a seven. She's cocky over here. Okay. Um, Odds are in my favor, but go ahead. I'll let you make the terms of the bet. I mean, we're in the same region as Alabama, who we played close with in the SEC tournament and lost to by 11, but we were right there. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys have a Mizzou's a fun team, but they, I mean, I mean it. Like they've got a tough, they've got a tough draw. Utah State's a really strong team, and then if you win that, you got to play Arizona, who I think is right. like one of the most talented teams in the country. So it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be tough sledding. So if they if they make a run, they'll have earned it for sure. Okay, well, game on. We don't know what that bet is yet, but we'll think about it. Game on. Also, friends, don't forget to email us. Questions, comments, concerns, game day, Casey at gmail.com. Most of the questions we got for this one were all about Juwan Taylor. So we kind of already answered that, but yes, send us questions. Even maybe if it's not football related, let's have some fun. It's the off season. All right, Nick, that's going to do it for us today. That is Nick Schwert. I'm Kayla Canaram. This is it's always game day in Kansas city. And we will talk to you all on Friday. Thank you.